Welcome to Embrace the Grain podcast, a podcast where I discuss all things photography related. I'm Sherry Christensen, and I hope you enjoy the show. So why do podcast? All the cool kids do it, right? Mm, no, a lot of cool kids do make podcasts, but that's not why. Well, why then? Good question. I was hoping to encourage others like myself to learn the craft. I'm not an expert or a professional. In fact, I'm just a happy hobbyist, a self-taught one too. In 2012, I had raised my kids and I had an empty nest. I had retired from my part-time job and was just here on the farm working. So I was looking for a hobby. Something where I could create, but in reality, I'm really bad at those things. As I sat thinking this over, I was scrolling through my Facebook, and I saw some really nice landscape photos. I thought to myself, Wow, these are awesome. I wish I could do that. Wait, why can't I? I can learn how to do that. So began my love affair with photography. The first thing I learned was it is the world's most expensive hobby. I started out buying a Nikon P500 and I chose that camera because it fit my hand so nicely. Not because it was red and looked nice. No, that wasn't it at all. Actually, it wasn't. It actually did fit my hand nice. And I went with the prosumer model because I was learning and I didn't want to shell out a lot of cash for something that I didn't know if I would end up pursuing or not. So it was my starter camera. It did have full manual capabilities. It had all the fancy auto modes too, but that's not what I was really looking for. And hey, it had a really big zoom lens. That had to be good, right? Let me explain. My photography experience was limited to a point-and-shoot Kodak. I think it was about... 20 megapixels, and about the size of an iPhone. And my skills were you pointed the camera at whatever you wanted. You put it directly in the center. You pressed the button. And then you looked at the screen on the back. And if you like what you've seen, you transferred it over to the computer. And when you got 30 or 40 photos you liked, you put in an order at Walmart and got prints. And that was my skill level when I started. So when I was shopping for cameras, I went to Best Buy and I was looking them over and it it was like $2,000 and I'm, oh, 
that's really, really expensive. Little did I know those were the low-end consumer models. So like I said, world's most expensive hobby. I used that P500 for about a year and I went with a lot of online tutorials about composition and learned about things like the rule of thirds and the golden mean and basically things like that. And I still did not know what a raw file was. And I'm thankful to this day that I actually started out with digital, not film, because it allowed me to take all those really, really bad photos. And I took a lot of them without very little expense and helped me to actually learn the craft a little bit better. And I could practice and play with composition and the exposure triangle and fudge things around to make it look how I wanted it to look. So that was a really good experience. But after about a year, that little Nikon camera, while it was a pretty awesome camera, and it did have a really good zoom, but we all know now that this, having a big zoom lens doesn't mean it's a great camera, right? But it, it was pretty good. But after a year, I had outgrown that camera. So I headed over to uh, Kijiji. I needed an upgrade. And Kijiji is the basically, it is, um, you would call it the Canadian Craigslist. And we live in a rural area and near a military base. So every June, the postings come out and a lot of the soldiers have to move. So they post their belongings on Kijiji and sell them rather than moving them. And I, I asked them, well, why do you do that? Well, in reality, it was cheaper for them to sell their belongings and buy new ones than to pay the mover to move them. So I found a lot of really good bargains doing that some years, some not. But uh, that year I had found a uh, Nikon D80. It had a kit lens to start out with and not the crappy 18 to 55 it was a better quality one than that I can't remember the exact number now and a set of alien bee strobes now I still have those two strobes I still use those two strobes so yeah I used that camera for about a year and Again, thought, well, maybe I should look on there for an upgrade. And I also wanted to take a online class. Now, this wasn't your average little class where you shoot for a month and you get a certificate. No, this was quite a lot more intensive. I'll explain in a minute. But I did find an upgrade. I'd upgraded to a Nikon D. 90 and it came with the nifty 50 not my favorite one but it was still better than what I had and so I started 
that online course with that. Now, I started researching into uh, vintage lenses and how they would fit on that camera. And it was possible to use them. The metering still worked. So I got more lenses by using vintage lenses. Now that has become more of an online trend now. I noticed there's podcasts, there's groups, a lot more people are doing it now. Back then nobody was doing it, so I got some pretty great glass at a really good deal. Anyway, I started up this class and I did the first module and thought to myself, oh my lord, what have I gotten myself into? I don't understand any of this stuff. But it came with a one-on-one tutor, so I made it through that one. And thought, this was an expensive class too, so I was going to complete this. I had a year to complete it, but I was hoping to complete it sooner. And I went on to module two, and that was a little better. But module three hit, and it was all about the zone system. And I thought to myself, nobody's going to use this film stuff. This this is ridiculous. Why do I need to learn how to do this, right? Who the heck's Ansel Adams anyway? So quick Google search uh, showed me exactly who Ansel Adams was, and I like his work. In fact, I enjoy his photos a lot. Oh, I'm learning a lot here. It took me about 50 tries to get through that module. And even if I thought it was ridiculous and such, I ended up learning how to meter properly with my digital camera and what to look for to produce what I wanted, etc. So it wasn't a waste. On to module four, the history of film. What? We have digital cameras. We don't need this, right? Wrong. Guess what? I ended up using that. All of it. Also, the modules went through things like portraits, landscape, flash, high key, low key, all sorts of stuff like that. It was pretty intense. I did complete the class in five months rather than 12. And uh, it's been invaluable. So after I did that, I upgraded again. I was still running a crop sensor digital camera, though. And I thought, well, maybe I should go into business. You know, I've got all this knowledge, and I could maybe use this as a part-time job since I had retired from my other one, and a little bit of cash is always good, right? So I did. And all that managed to do was give me a massive case of gas. That's right, gear acquisition syndrome. I was completely happy with my crop sensor camera, but discovered full frame. Everybody said you needed a full frame, right? Actually, you don't, but I bought the hype. And I ended up working two years to get the fancy top-end camera and all the top-end lenses and a good printer and all that stuff. 
and I did manage to make a little bit of money too. But after two years, I started to get burnout and ended up thinking I should close my business. Now, why would I do that, you ask? Well, for one, I don't need two full-time jobs. And that's what it turned out to be. I would uh, work here on, on the farm all day, come home in the evening and work on the computer until bedtime and the next day repeat until we got to the weekend. And then the weekend, I was shooting all weekend. Along comes summer. I worked evenings, I worked weekends, I worked on the farm in the daytime. I had one summer where I had zero days off. I didn't spend any time with my family, and it just wasn't worth it. Yes, I was successful. Yes, I was doing well, but it just wasn't worth it for the family. So I decided that I needed to close my doors, and I fulfilled my commitments and then closed my photography business. I also, as I was nearing the end of my business days, I was also losing the joy of shooting. It had become a job. It was no fun. I wasn't being creative. I was doing what clients wanted. And for about three months after I finished all my jobs, I never picked up a camera zero desire to shoot a single thing and after about three months yeah three months I was driving down the road and I looked out the window and thought oh the light is just awesome I wish I had my camera oh it's coming back so I I went out shooting and slowly the joy of shooting started to return but I wanted to explore things further Now, along the way upgrading my lenses, I had also went on Kijiji again, and I found a Nikon FE, and it came with two lenses, a zoom lens, which I have seldom used, and a 50mm 1.2 lens. Now, this lens is still being made new in production. It's a spectacular lens, And I bought that before film was making a comeback. So I got it for a song. And I put the zoom lens and the FE in the box up on the shelf. And kind of left them there for about two years. And uh, I thought to myself, I I really want to learn how to shoot that camera. So I got it down and... Went into Walmart and bought a three-pack of gold. Because here in Canada, it's Walmart sells Kodak Gold 200. I bought a three-pack and I put it in there and shot it like I did my digital, you know. Meter it and I found out that the meter wasn't 100% accurate on my FE. And everything was just a tad dark. And I had muddy shadows, and I just, I didn't know what I was doing. The whole thing was brand new. I had to start over and take some crappy photos. 
So I signed up for a one month online beginner's film workshop. And I had trepidations about this because I thought, you know, that first role looked like crap. You know, I just, yes, it had a distinct look, but I wasn't happy with it. So I shot the first roll, and the first week was black and white, and I'm not a big black and white shooter. And the lab I had sent it to outsourced it, so I wasn't sure when I was going to get that roll back. So we shot that, and I, I, deep in my heart, I thought, this is just going to be crud. And I don't want to shoot black and white. I want to shoot color. I like color. I see the world in vivid color. And that's what I like to shoot. So on to week two. And we started color. And that one week went pretty good. And I got my scans back. And they're downloading. And I was really, really excited. And, and really worried that maybe I had messed up. And the folder opened and the first photo popped up and I was blown away. I had chose to go down to, there's a little lake here. I live on the prairies, so lakes aren't very big and beaches usually have grass on them. But it was a nice golden evening. I went down to this lake and the sky was a bright blue and it was summer with fresh green grass and somebody had left a bright red canoe there and that was the first picture I seen and it was beautiful and when I looked at it I knew that if I had taken that same photo in digital I would have had to pull the raw file and do quite a lot of editing to produce that same raw file I had ordered uncorrected scans from the lab so that I could see exactly what I was shooting. Now I know labs usually do some minor corrections to the scans but I had asked for completely straight scans and they obliged me and I was. I was just blown away by that. It was beautiful and a couple of the photos I had wiggled a little bit and they weren't quite in focus. But most of them were really good. I was very happy with them. And the next week we moved on to a different um, film. We The first week was consumer film and the second week we covered professional film. And my black and whites and that color roll film came in the same week. And I didn't want to open the black and white folder at all. So I looked at the color ones and I had chose Fuji 400H. And it was beautiful. I loved it. But I also had to go look at those black and whites, right? And I knew they were going to be bad. Somehow I just knew it. So I opened the folder and they weren't bad. In fact, they were pretty good. Considering I had used 100 speed film and it was overcast all week, they actually turned out pretty darn good. 
which shocked the heck out of me. And the last week on that course, we covered pushing and pulling. And that didn't impress me so much, but I do know how to do it. And that was my beginnings. So from there, I just kind of kept shooting and experimenting. And our instructor said, find one film stock you love and shoot that for a year till you learn it. I was a bad student. I did not do that. No, I explore all the film stocks. I shoot everything. And that's just how I roll. But that's all good, right? So that was how I started out shooting film. A few other things that I want to uh, bring in as a regular part of the show is I'm going to do something called In the Field. Now, that could be actually going out and shooting in a field since I'm on a farm, but it also covers things like cleaning your gear. Since there is absolutely zero camera shops here. None. I have to do this stuff myself. So if anything needs fixing, I either have to outsource it a long ways away or I I have to attempt to do it myself. So that's going to be in the field. I uh, clean my own sensor on my digital And this week, I attempted my very first CLA on an Argus C3. So I'll discuss that at a later date. And one other segment I want to add into the show is called Adventures in Thrifting. I absolutely adore going to a thrift store, hunting through the bins, and seeing if I can find myself a new camera. Now, some of these are good cameras, and some of them are crappy cameras. And some of them don't work, and some of them do work. But eventually, I do shoot them all. And it's a lot of fun doing that. I I actually really enjoy doing that. So I'm going to review those cameras. And should be a lot of fun. So I hope you will hang in there with me and enjoy the show. See you later. Bye.